0: Hey, Scarlett.
1: Welcome back, guys. You're listening to Style Over Substance.
0: We're just two friends talking about our experiences working inside the fashion industry and also our observations from outside the fashion industry. It's sometimes serious, but it's definitely always a good laugh. Always.
1: We release new episodes every
0: Tuesday. So subscribe on your favourite podcast listening platforms.
1: Oh my God. So I've had, this is going to sound ridiculous. I've had two days of not drinking. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: That's not not bad. No, I know it's not bad, but I really felt like I needed it today. So Saturday, I didn't drink because it's the day before running Mm. because I'm training. I don't know if you can hear that um yeah can't like not meant to actually drink before running I think I had like a really small glass of wine so it's not even really a night off but still Mm -hmm. um Sunday ran and I was like all I wanted was something to sort of take the edge off but I knew it would go straight to my head and really be a bad idea so today it's been like my first day Mm -hmm. just to like take the edge off because I'm in pain I ache and I just
0: I need it I just need it. You deserve it. You deserve it. Do you run every day? No, or just on Sundays. Sunday's
1: the long run day. So Sunday's like pain day. Okay. And Monday is rest day. Um yeah. It's normally Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday.
0: Listen, you're better than me. I could not do a marathon.
1: Well, at this point, <laughs> I may not be That's a lie. I will do it.
0: Um what made you want to do this marathon?
1: So I entered the ballot for the London Marathon every year. I have done for like five years. And then in 2018, for context listeners, I did a marathon, but I did the Brighton Marathon because I didn't get the London one. And I was like, well, I'm doing one this year. That, that's it. And so I signed up for that one, which is maybe like a, a week before or two weeks before the normal London one. Um, and it was hell. It was hell on earth. It's not a great course. It's not that much fun. But I did it. I did it for charity. And then I entered the London Marathon ballot as I do every year. And this year I got it. And it's so rare to get it, especially in like a, it's still a sort of a COVID knock-on year where people couldn't do it in person. So there's fewer spots than ever to get in. So I am a chosen one. Chosen few. And so I've, I've, I have to do it.
0: I understand doing it because you got you won the ballot and it's a big deal. But why did you even put your name forward for it?
1: Why? I think I've always wanted to do the London Marathon. Like I've done, because we you know what really actually is annoying is people like, did, did you do a marathon? Was it Was it a half? Was it this? Because no one knows of like the Brighton Marathon, whereas like people know it's a marathon if it's the London one and it's not enough of a reason to do it for other people but I think the atmosphere and everything growing up basically in London I feel like will be like I think it'll be amazing
0: you want Um, some respect but it's it's just hard so long story short you're an overachiever really
1: I'm not I'm I'm uh, uh, I've got eyes bigger than my stomach that is like the situation here (sighs) <laughs> Fair enough. You'll do funny, but you know what's really funny? I literally, like, I really over, like, over egg myself at times. So at the weekend, I had to do thirteen miles, which is a half marathon, basically. What? Oh, it. that's
0: half. Huh? Thirteen miles is a half marathon. Yeah. So you got to do twenty six. Twenty six point two. Yeah. Oh,
1: because yeah. when
0: you did thirteen, I was like, wow, like. <laughs> yeah so that was only <laughs>
1: halfway well that was the whole thing <laughs> um but like I was like starting my run and I was like feeling really good and I was actually trying to make sure I was running slow because I was feeling really good it's like you know what what's gonna be my next challenge after this I was like maybe I'll do Paris marathon and like I got to the end of this run I can barely move I'm literally nearly crying and I was just like let's just get through this one but like, you know when, like, you just have to kind of that, like, visualise. It's like, what's my next challenge going to be? Yeah,
0: I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what you. Mean. You know what? That is a kind of a good segue into my fashion story. Ooh, okay, the idea of like having a goal and like trying to like go towards it. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry. This is not an uplifting story. Actually. <laughs> um. Start the background music. Huh?
1: Like the X Factor, you know, where like the sub story comes on. Yeah. <laughs> this
0: is my sub story.
1: What's your fashion story? <laughs> <laughs>
0: So um over the weekend I was in town and I told you I got some air tags, yeah. Yeah. It's like, so I went to pick them up because I don't like to pay for postage. So I was like, I'm gonna go into the store and pick these up for free. Um and then I thought it because I went to the gym in the morning. So I was in the high street early, which is not something I normally do. And I walked past Goldsmiths. Now my goal after this house thing um is I want to buy a Rolex (laughs) as you do (laughs) um that's just my goal yeah (laughs) like Shane Ward
1: that's my goal (laughs) um yeah good
0: Um, it's I think it's really important to have goals as well it sounds really shallow but I don't think it's as fickle as it sounds uh, my mum has one and they are one of the watches that hold they hold their value like the investment piece. It's like a Chanel 2.55. <laughs> <laughs> Chanel classic flap. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, classic flap. Um so not only do I love it, not only do I feel like this would be a very commemorative piece. I listen, I don't know when I'm getting it, but it's just my goal. Yeah. Yeah. It's my like
1: speak it's it like into the
0: universe two, two to five year goal um but it will hold its value and I can feel comfortable in being that lavish on something like a Rolex yeah mm-hmm. so of course I went into goldsmiths yeah I've been before and I've tried on an Omega watch but I don't really want it but sometimes you just got to go in these fancy places and kind of make your presence so you they don't back. know what's in your bank account Well, is the thing. So I walked in there. And you know me, I'm not like, I I don't get nervous about being in expensive shops. I just feel like. I'm allowed to be here. Yeah. I'm allowed to be here. I used to work in retail. Mm -hmm. You know, like I was never in a position to judge people walking into fancy shops because I was working there. So I was was poorer than the people shopping there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I walked in there. And I saw they had a Rolex display in the window. Yeah. so when I walked in, I approached the sales associate behind the counter and obviously they don't put the prices in the window. Yeah. So I had to ask her, I was like, Oh, there's a Rolex in the front. Jubilee bracelet. Cause I really, I know what the, I know what the, the you know. I know I've been on their website lots of times. <laughs> Design my own Rolex. Um, so I walked in there. I was like, you've got a stainless steel one in the window. It's a date just, you know, Jubilee bracelet. Can you tell me how much it is? And so she told me. And it's like, I'm not even gonna say, it, it's just like just under seven. Yeah. And I kind of I kind of had already braced myself for that because mm-hmm. yeah, I've been on the website, yeah. You know. I, I wanted to know for real, because there's lots of design combinations you can go for in watches. So you never really know the price until They tell you this exact model. So um, I said, oh, okay. Um, Like what's the, she says, oh, those ones actually aren't for sale. They're just display pieces. But if you wanted to buy when you come and you book an appointment to speak to one of us and we'll take you through the options. And it's basically like buying an Hermes bag. Mm. Yeah.
1: So like a wish situation.
0: (laughs) So you tell them what you're looking for and what you Your after. Rolex wish, yeah. I think it's a little bit more straightforward yeah, than them. But I don't think Rolex is going to come back to me and be like, well, you haven't bought any Rolex pieces before, so you yeah. can't. Um, so she says, yeah, you note down what you want, and then we submit your order. And I said, well, how long can I expect to wait until one becomes available for me to buy? <laughs> And she says, well, the the women's watches are kind of easier to get in, in really? terms of you don't have to wait as long for them. Um, I think it's because, like, the men's market is really speculative and really intense, yeah. you know?
1: It's been going so, on
0: for longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, she said it, it would be between uh, two and eight months. And I was like... I can that's yeah. not long that's what I said I said I can brace myself for that because you know what it always helps to get a little extra time to collect your pens together yeah <laughs> you hope it's eight <laughs> <laughs> take your time babe take your time I <laughs> so to get buffking now <laughs> but no, no, no. so she said um it's it's worth bearing that in mind when you come in that you might have to wait that long and just kind of be comfortable with the wait, sort of mm-hmm. thing. So I said, Yeah, that's fine. Like I'm um, it, it could be a lot worse, couldn't it? It could be MS where you might never get the bag. Yeah. Um, and she said, When you come in, um you need to um remember to bring in a form of ID, like photo ID. Um, she was like a driver's license or something. I was like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Um, and then she said, You you have to be over 18. Are you over 18? And I went, What the fuck?
1: <laughs> Are you over 18, babe? I'm 30.
0: And I was, and I said, I'm a lot older than 18. <laughs> and I thought to myself,
1: That's the Imagine moment. Imagine someone less than 18 asking these questions.
0: That was a second thought I had. The first thought I had. When she said that, and I
1: i It's mean, compliment your
0: skin. Well, it's, listen, it's probably my acne that threw her off. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> she's like, this is not adult acne. <laughs> um. So <laughs> the first thought, after I said, like, listen, I'm a lot older than 18. I was thinking to myself, so she's seen me walk into goldsmiths yeah ask one of the most expensive watches here and she's thought she can't afford this this is like what is she doing here is this a joke this little girl you have id do you have a job miss like and i thought to myself that was what i was assuming that she was thinking when she thought i was a literal child and i thought to myself like um does she think i can't buy this or like, what's her thought process? Mm.
1: I hope not, because I think like you said, that's a really damaging thing for a sales associate to think because, A, like you said, babe, you're on a you're on a wage or you're on something where you probably can't afford some of the stuff in there. And that's not even a judgmental thing. And also, maybe you can afford that stuff, but you shouldn't like money can look like and there's not like a real viral thing that talks about like a millionaire and they walk around like with their bling and their Hermes handbag and then it will show like tech billionaires and they walk around in like jeans and a t-shirt. Although, as we know with Steve Jobs, it could be an Izzy Miyake roll neck. Well,
0: that's true. But
1: they're walking around and you wouldn't know that they've got money, like at all. So you can't judge people on that. I, I hope not I I bet it was more just like a compliment of like you look really young
0: I also thought to myself how many as you kind of alluded to before how many teenagers are coming in here wasting their time yeah asking for things like oh I want a rolly, how much is that rollie in the window <laughs> and asking for yeah things. realistically maybe they're maybe they think their parents is going to because there are wealthy kids oh, out there. Oh, but
1: like, I also just don't think that's the way they would ask it either. I think if you are a kid who's got a lot of money, you're not kind of coming in and be like, oh, you know, how long till it's... Like, you're not asking those kind of questions. You're probably a bit more entitled.
0: Oh, I see what you mean. Maybe coming in with more of a... Uh,
1: Where's my Rolex?
0: <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Well... I just know that when I do go in. So you she won't I'll, get your commission. No, she's not getting my commission. Yeah. I'm so sorry, babe. I do want to walk in on a day she's working, but I'll be like, no. Oh my god, you can have Big your pretty mistake. woman moment. Big mistake. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my um, god. Yeah. So that's what I'm
1: manifesting
0: right now. I love that. Yes. Manifest that. Mm-hmm what is your fashion story so
1: i have two ish my first one is i've already had emails about advent calendars stop it i'm not joking i had my first one maybe about two two weeks ago and i had one today that is like join the wait list for our beauty advent calendar and you know me lads I'm a sucker for a beauty advent calendar. So, have yeah. I joined the waitlist? Yes, I have. Yeah. Um, even though I know I'll be getting the emails anyway, because clearly I just got the email to join the waitlist. So we all know I get the emails.
0: Mm.
1: Um, but anyway, that's shocking. But I will say, I do remember there being one released really early last year. I think it was September, and the rest were around October. I remember that. Um. And I think it was Space NK that got in there early with the September release because then obviously, like, you don't know what other people are offering. So it's sneaky, sneaky, mm. sneaky. they your
0: money first, don't they?
1: Yeah. And then by the time, like... And then you're like, but that one looks really good. And that's better value for money. And then you're like, well, I'll buy that one as well.
0: Mm. Um... <laughs> you return advent calendars? What's the returns policy on these things?
1: I actually don't know. You've never returned it. I've never returned one. There must be a returns policy, like because it's like any other goods. And also, like let's be honest, you're not opening it in those thirty days. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There must be a returns policy.
0: I think legally, if you buy something online, they are obligated to take it back, and you yeah. either get full credit or actual cash back. Um, yeah, because you can't you can't try it when you're buying something yeah. over the interwebs. So I think you do, but I just don't think people bother. True.
1: I yeah, you're buying I mean, it because you know you
0: want that. Unless it's the Chanel one. Do you think anyone returned that?
1: I mean, no, but they should have. They really should have. Maybe we should buy it this year just to return it. <laughs> is what exactly. is this piece of crap? A sticker? Um,
0: on, on that note, I am also manifesting Chanel. Contacting our uh, quote unquote agent. <laughs> um, we saying, are
1: waiting. You, it is the perfect coming
0: year. Yeah, do you want to create our next advent calendar? We would but, love um, to.
1: <laughs> Thanks for asking. um And then my second one is that Prada has kind of launched this big campaign, beauty campaign, general kind of. um Oh, what's it called? You have like your it girl or your it people. Ambassadors. So one of them is Kendall Jenner, and the beauty shot is what I would call the opposite of a beauty shot. It's quite a plain looking photo of her. However, you know who's also an ambassador of Prada right now?
0: Um, give me a clue. She's British.
1: Hmm. About our thing? age. Hmm. been famous since she was a child
0: Hmm, Hermione
1: Miss Emma Watson Ah. which is quite unusual she's not really in like the forefront of stuff and what they've done is they've put a wig on her and do you remember when she cut all her hair off short after Harry Potter and had the pixie haircut? Yes. That is what she looks like in these adverts and she's got this edgy makeup and all of that stuff and I thought Do I think she's a Prada girl? Like she, Burberry was her thing for ages and that really suited her. Do I think she's that edgy? Probably not, but good for her. How she landed that?
0: I think this is a brilliant direction. like Kendall Jenner. (laughs) We can go on to Kendall Jenner in a second. (laughs) Um, I think this is a great move for her. I think, dare I say it, I think the... Burberry of the past Mm. uh, I'm guessing the one that you're kind of the Burberry era that you're referring to that suited her was a bit boring for her you know she suited the brand as like classic English rose type thing but I think Prada's a good move for her because and the reason why I think it might suit her is I think she could probably pull off 1960s mod yeah well that's that's
1: how they're styling her yeah
0: yeah yeah I haven't seen these pictures but I can imagine um and obviously British fashion in the 60s was massive it was you know one of the kind of industries in the front runner does that make sense Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um and so I can I can see that happening and it makes her more of an interesting fashion girl. Because I don't really see her as a fashion girl, if I'm honest.
1: Day to so. day, she doesn't. She, I think she takes more risks, like on the red carpet. I probably haven't seen her have a red carpet moment for a while, but I
0: don't know. She's quite cool. I will say that Prada's not that great on red carpets. Mm. Kind. Yeah, of I like-
1: can't think of many memorable Prada
0: red carpet moments. I think Prada's for every day. It's not just for Christmas. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a brand that you like, if you bought something from Prada, I feel like you could get some good wear out of it. Yeah.
1: I actually, I saw a bag that I wanted yesterday. That's, I think it's like probably like crochet. So like essentially I could fucking make it. Um, But it was just a really nice kind of like straw Beach bag with Prada on it, and I just thought I like that, and I was like, I could use that for years to come. And then, like you know, all bags are just such a crazy price tag, and it was like one thousand three hundred. I was like, that's not bad for a bag these days. And I was like, it's a straw bag, it's literally a straw bag. If like if it didn't have Prada written on it, it'd be twenty quid. So yeah, that went lower down my wish list
0: they have been um gifting those like net bags i don't know if this is the one you're referring to but yeah. so really... it's like a level up
1: from the net bag but yeah i've seen the net bags too and they're really nice
0: they are very cute they are yeah but it's it's a very fickle purchase you really yes. just have to throw away money to buy that
1: you, yeah you've got to be gifted that or have a high income yeah yeah yep 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 Neither of which are on my horizon just yet.
0: Manifest.
1: <laughs> Manifest. Just yet. <laughs> but yeah. Um, do you want to introduce this week's puppy? We interrupt this broadcast to say, go follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Starloves Pod. There you'll find our weekly fashion topics
0: all the stuff that we discuss in each episode and our polls or reach out to us at style over podcast at gmail.com for new suggestions of topic discussions or even to share your own fashion stories we also have a youtube channel style over substance podcast if you'd rather listen to our episodes over there Back to the episode. Yeah, okay. Um, well, we thought it's about high time that we dedicate an episode to one of the most iconic, influential lingerie companies of at least our generation, for sure. Mm-hmm. Whether you love them or hate them, and there's a lot of reasons to love and hate them, um, I think it really shaped a generation of lingerie lovers, you know, g- grabbed us by the bra straps from yep. young <laughs> and dragged us into adulthood. Um, I will say I don't own anything from this brand, but I think as we talk about, you know. We talk about it and throughout the episode. It's undeniable that culturally it was a pretty big deal. Yeah. And so we're gonna be talking about Victoria's Secret. Um, we're gonna talk about its history, um, what it's known for. It's kind of period of turmoil that it's been through in the past like five years. Mm-hmm. And also what it's doing now what do we think about it's like brand revival um and where do we think its future is going as well yeah so
1: i do own things from there not many i own one bra and i will say it's a really decent bra this was around a time i must have got this nearly 10 years ago it was around a time where not many shops had my size, not many sort of high street shops. And I would say Victoria's Secret is just maybe a level above sort of like Marks and Spencers prices. At, yeah. Well, at that time, it was at probably only just a bit above that. Now it's probably maybe even more, but not many shops had my size. And so this, like they did. And yeah, I got it as like a present, I think I'd ask for it. But this bra, I still have it. Is it discolored? Yeah, like it was like a nudie pinky kind of color. And now it's probably a little bit gray looking. But it still stands the test of time. I wear it all the time. Mm. Decent bra. Um, But I will say that there's only one store in this country that I'm aware of that actually sells underwear. Otherwise, you have to buy it online. And that's the Bond Street
0: or New Bond Street store um no i actually live near a victoria oh okay Um, yeah there are a few of them i think if you go to like uh birmingham it's probably in like ballroom stuff uh bigger cities like that
1: but yeah yeah, i'm probably more thinking of the airport shops that are just always
0: like the spritz yeah yeah it's the body spray isn't it yeah (laughs) Um, i want to know the ratio of revenue between the body sprays and the the
1: lingerie it's got to be high for the body spray for it to be in every airport i've seen has like a victoria's secret and it is just selling it's not even selling knickers it is just selling like the spritz and all of that stuff and i've personally never bought any of their smells but clearly
0: people are I think there's a cult following for it. Yeah,
1: I think. I know in the US there's a huge following for it. I'm at so early, like YouTube days. Oh my God, this brings me back, like proper early YouTube days. Because I actually think the Victoria's Secret brand split at one point into, and like one is Victoria's Secret and one went Bath and Body Works. So I think it's split. I think it's part of the same group. So it's part of the same group. but I think like they sort of, yeah. um, At one point, yeah, branded into two different companies. And I used to see these women or like bloggers or whatever, and they would like collect all the scents. So they would like try and make, same with Bath and Body Works, same with the Victoria's Secret. They would literally a bit like, I guess the equivalent in this country. I don't even know. I can't think of sort of body spritz that we were obsessed with when we were kids. Uh, body shop, lush. yeah, that's what lush. That's what it, I was thinking it, it was maybe like body shop or something like that. But like literally, these girls would collect each body mist and body spray. So it's not quite perfume; it's like the level down from perfume, yeah. or the level above deodorant, whichever one you want to call it. Yeah. And like the same, they would collect all the different candle smells or whatever. But like that was a cult following. And I think it sort of trickled in to the UK because it was like some US thing. And it was like, oh, my God,
0: I want to smell like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think um, when I was a teenager, I associated Victoria's Secret with like the likes of a Hollister a jack wills yes label, yes yeah um, that sort of scene mm-hmm.
1: and it was it was the kind of brand that you were seen to
0: carry one of their bags yes the pink, pink striped bag yes yeah. um it was a very preppy brand yeah um very sloney oh mate the Sloanes. <laughs> oh, oh yes um yeah and it was like for teenagers you know, we, we all had Marks and Spencer's underwear. But if you, as you were moving into like being like a preteen and a fully fledged teenager, you wanted something fun. Mm. And that store gave that fun experience 14 girls, yeah. really. Um, so I never, I never bought anything at that age. Um, I think, yeah, I don't know what it was to be honest. I do remember though, as I got older and I worked in lingerie. <laughs> I'm so stuck up, honestly. Sales associates are the worst. Um, but I, I think I've told this story in one of our like yeah. earlier episodes when a woman came in and she was trying on different underwear sets. And the brand that we used to work for, we used to try and sell everything as a set, and like the stuff was not cheap. And I think she was trying on like a set that was like a thousand pounds, like with the suspended knickers and the bra. And then after trying on a few sets and I like gave her space in like, you know, the changing room to figure out what she wanted to do. I think she then looked at the price tag and was like, oh, I thought this was like a similar price to Victoria's Secret. And I was like, oh my God, I've just spent like 45 minutes with you Mm. and you're not going to buy anything, which is like a big fucking deal when you're a sales associate because you're working for commission Mm. and you're like, please read the price tags before you waste my time. literally. So, and it was also also like our brand that we worked at, we kind of looked down at Victoria's Secret because of course us, it was like, A preppy brand. And literally there's nothing wrong with buying stuff from there at all. But for us to be associated on the same level as Victoria's Secret, and we were like, we're here flogging French leavers lace. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? These were handmade. (laughs) Yeah. So there was this, I think as I got older, it was very much like, no, I don't need that. Yeah. And also, I think we'll go into the shows, yeah, I think that also really turned me off the brand for me as a person,
1: yeah, definitely. i I actually agree with you, and I think that interestingly, even though this bra is one of like the comfiest bras that I own, it fits really nicely. I've never really gone back because. A, I actually find a lot of their bras are like the ones that have like create two cup sizes bigger. All of like the massive mini, padding. so much padding. That's not my vibe. Some bras, yeah, you just want a little lining so that it creates a nice shape. And, you know, certain T-shirts or tops are thin and you just don't want like literally someone to see the outline of your breast. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it speaks volumes. that I never got this bra again. Because it's the kind of bra that I would have got in black, I would have got in nude, I would have got in like so many colours because it fits amazing. Like the pants were really nice, like all of this stuff. But I just wasn't super excited about the brand or owning stuff from there. Um, I much preferred... Yeah. Buying either into Marks and Spencers around that time. I used to love like Elle McPherson had her own intimates range that I think then Heidi Klum took over. I would rather put my money there.
0: I always thought those were worth my money a bit more. Why do you think that is? Because you said like, I liked their products, but I didn't, I wasn't a repeat customer. What do you think that they were, what trick were they missing? I just think it didn't translate. I mean,
1: I think similarly to to me, it didn't translate as like, oh my God, I want to own something from there. I didn't think it was like a really, I thought it was a bit of like a tacky brand. Like I didn't think it was like, oh my God, I want to own something from there. Like I want to own like pants from there. Like that wasn't ever what I won- I even registered. And I think I just only knew it as that brand that had the fashion show. I don't even think I really kind of knew more than that. Um, and also, like, first of all, I do not want a pair of pants with VS, VS, VS written, like, all the way around them, you know, all of that stuff. Um, so it's actually quite hard to find something that doesn't look like it's from there, if you know what I mean. Um so that's probably why, is that I probably found, like, the most mundane bra set in the monk in amongst everything else
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it's funny because if we take it back to the beginning of Victoria's Secrets it's beginning it's inception Mm -hmm. um it was created by an American businessman who the legend is now I don't really know if this is true but he opened a, a lingerie store so that men would feel more comfortable buying lingerie for their wives and girlfriends. Now, would I turn down a gift like that from a man? No, I would not. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you got my prize right, it's a great gift, I'm taking it. Um, but it is a demographic that is willing to spend more on lingerie as a special occasion, mm. like me and you, you know you're gonna buy a sports bra one day you're gonna buy a t-shirt bra Mm -hmm. and you're not gonna spend 300 pounds on a t-shirt bra like Mm -hmm. it's gonna be only those special occasions where you're willing to spend a bit more so I get the why him as a man was appealing to that demographic according to the legend um I did listen to a podcast called oh my fluently something can't remember and she did an episode about Victoria's Secret but Mm. it was like a blind item celebrity gossip stance and she made a really good point that like if you're really going to appeal to men who are nervous about buying lingerie for their wives and girlfriends surely you would just do a catalogue why would it be a store that you got to walk into
1: interesting that's very true and also that was probably the catalogue was still very alive during that time
0: exactly exactly um it wouldn't have been out of place along to to people's homes and things um so that's why I'm not really sure if it's a real tale but whatever I think as time went on especially the Victoria's Secret that we grew up with it was really weird because it was definitely branded towards the male gaze Mm. I think as time went on, we just weren't about that. So, when you talked about Elle McPherson and then what later became Heidi Klum intimates, I think the brand was girly. So, mm-hmm. it had uh, cheaper price points and more expensive price points, but it centered the models as grown up women. Like, mm-hmm. they were in the later stage of their modelling career. And I don't know, it just felt a bit more mature. Whereas Victoria's Secret was, like, intensely pink. Yeah. Not with that subdivision of called pink, which was, like, loungewear, sportswear. Um, and you had the bags and everyone was, like, sporting their bags all on the high street and it was where teenage boys would buy stuff for their girlfriends for their birthday and it's like mm. it's not, not a bad thing that was their demographic so i think i think we grew out of it and i think also society grew out of it yeah that's so true actually
1: like it i just associate it with being like t- it's teenage underwear so I probably, even when I got my f- first bra from there, was probably past being the main demographic that they go for of like, oh, you're like 16 or like 17 and you're just getting some like cute underwear because now your mum doesn't buy your underwear for you.
0: Really? You know,
1: that's what their sort of like, um, their marketing ploy was for. Um, and yeah, and then even the, they it kind of used to have, I guess they had, loungewear that kind of reminds me of Juicy Couture mm-hmm. it was all that kind of a vibe which just none of that was me none of that was me Jack Wills all of that stuff just I mean I don't know what was me but it wasn't that <laughs> I think I had
0: a law track suit in my day and I'd have I it know again. you d-
1: you definitely did but you also looked very cool in it um but yeah, yeah. I am. Um, I think it's such a funny thing. Um, But yeah, if it was was born out of men shopping for women, that's a great business idea. But like, lol, it totally kind of flipped. Yes, lots of guys would go in there and buy something for his girlfriend. But I don't think it was the most approachable shop for a guy to go into. Have you been inside one of their shops? I felt intimidated. Terrifying. It, It reminds me a bit like how you said, You know how like Abercrombie and Hollister used to be like really dark and they had this real aesthetic of beautiful people and Victoria's Secret wasn't quite that bad, Mm -hmm. but their stores would have been so intimidating for like an 18-year-old guy to walk into. I found it intimidating to walk into. You don't even know where to look. You don't like, you don't really want to ask for help. So you're like, "Ah."
0: Yeah definitely and another thing also is buying your right size Mm. was a concern of theirs yeah no like no one was I think they had bra fitters Mm -hmm. but I don't really feel like you would leave with the correct (laughs) size (laughs) yeah um yeah what were your views on the Victoria's Secret annual shows So the
1: shows, funnily enough, again, like it was never really on my radar. And then when I went to uni, a girl that I lived with was really into them. And she was an international student. And while she wasn't American, she was much more Americanized than we are. And so she was much more into the phenomenon. I had never watched a show. I'd obviously seen photos of it all before or whatever, I'd never thought like, oh my God, I want to watch that. I want this. Or like keep on top of who's going to make the cut for being part of the show. And so she really was into it. And so I kind of became more familiar with, oh, we're going to sit and watch the Victoria's fashion show. And then I also think just with the rise of social media, you then just saw so much more of work out like a Victoria's Secret model, like... Gigi Hadid, is she going to become a Victoria's Secret angel? Hayley Baldwin wants to become one, but isn't. You saw all these headlines and it made it more of a thing. However, I, again, was never watching it
0: to shop for underwear. Like, did you used to watch it? Uh, No, but I do think in uni as well, that's when I became more familiar with shows. And you're right, it was like now I don't know much about sports yeah but it's like the time of the year when all these sports teams are like yeah drafting plate. yeah <laughs> who's signing a contract mm. with job, you know and it was I think it was part of the marketing which was brilliant marketing 100 oh, percent. it was like who's gonna be lucky enough beautiful enough, toned, sculpted, tall and skinny. And it was quite a specific figure look they were going for definitely. Um who's going to be lucky enough to be one of the angels and mm-hmm. have that CV because it was a CV thing. Yeah. Um, if you're a model I mean. And then was- <laughs> imagine
1: turning up to work at like Goldman and Sachs and be like I was a Victoria's Secret Angel.
0: I mean like, I think it get you in the door. That would definitely a bank, Goldman Sachs, I'd put that on my CV. I think I think all those bankers would love it if I were a VS model. I mean, I'd love it, but you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, it was a rite of passage for a lot of models, and the hype that surrounded the shows did wonders for the brand. But I remember thinking, like, looking at the, the pictures with a bit of a side eye, like... I don't identify with this mm. at all. I don't aspire, like these women are beautiful. Yeah. I don't aspire to any of this. It's a little bit too, bit too preppy. Cause you know, they used to walk down the catwalk and they used to be like, hey, like their faces. Yeah. Just,
1: like It's just very American.
0: It was a lot. It was a lot.
1: It, and then like, and then it would be like a real, like a wave at the end of the runway and like all of that stuff. And you're like, no no yeah and then a little wink or something and you're just there like i where are the fashion shows where they look dead pan at the floor
0: (laughs) and then they'd like give a little wink to maroon five yeah i want to move like jagger yeah (laughs) so (laughs) i think after that what you mentioned about um train like a vs model Mm that's when we started seeing like we we grew up in the period of like heroin chic like mm. having eating disorders essentially that yeah. coming to the fore and I think after being a bit educated in terms of unhealthy eating or disordered eating with models and what they had to endure, And then we saw these insane diet programs by these angels. We did kind of look at their bodies and think, that's not normal, is it? Yeah. And of granted, there are some people who have that naturally, but not most people. But I think
1: for once it was helpful to actually see that they're doing something crazy to get there. Like you said there'd be the diet and then how they're training. And you're like, well, no one does that. No one goes to the gym three times a day because they're trying to literally shred so their abs come out as much as possible before this show. And they're making sure that they literally consume nothing that is like for water retention and all of that stuff. It's not attainable. So that was helpful, but also kind of like that's mental that these people are going to these lengths because, yeah. I mean, to cut a long story short, the fashion shows came to an end in 2019 and they lost their popularity. And a lot of the sort of speech around that is because it became non relatable. There's loads of there's loads of stuff I think there were loads of issues with the fact that it was a bit feminist that like it was the Me Too movement around then there were problems with the founder there's loads of stuff about like I don't know is that questions around the show and was it appropriate hmm. and is it a good is it a good role to set for young girls that there are these models doing X, Y, and Z and to become a model yeah, but it also wasn't representative at all. These women all were the exact same body type, the exact same size, their abs looked the same. They had like these long torsos. They had these, probably all had the same bra size. None of them really had boobs um, kind of a thing. And if they did, like, I don't know, they were trying to push up nothing to the chins anyway And it just kind of only represented one body type. Mm. And that's just not okay in 2019 that we're only showing one shape because more shapes were being shown on the runway at that point.
0: Yeah, it was a bit archaic after a while, wasn't it? Yeah. It It wasn't like we were at the point where any body type could become a global successful model. Yeah. But... We had moved into the, like, we just want a normal size. Like, yeah. a, you know, we didn't aspire for UK size four and six. Mm. And we just thought, I th- I think we thought, like, oh, Victoria's Secret is stuck in the past now. Yeah. Um, along with all its other scandals as well, which tarnish the brand. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, what- but so
1: supposedly... mm mm-hmm. There's like rumours that they're re-bringing back the show, but in a different format this year. Oh, okay. So I'm assuming that's not a live show. They'd be stupid to bring that back. I also probably don't think they've got the money. Their sales definitely won't be where it was. And that Mm. was a huge also factor in why they stopped the shows. These shows were huge productions and they probably got it back from advertising and TV rights. But. I also feel like three years is a really long time in the modeling industry, but their last show had some of the models that have been going for quite a long time. Like Adriana Lima had been going for so long. I think she's got like the most wing appearances on the catwalk ever, 24 wing appearances. Wing. Not, all, not everyone wears a set of wings. Oh, really? She's, she's worn the most set of wings, yeah. Well,
0: then there are models. Well, this goes to show how yeah, much...
1: Yeah, yeah, some just are wearing an underwear set. Some don't wear wings. Oh, Yeah. But, like, Adriana Lima is probably a bit too old to be doing that now. So, like, I couldn't name you who would be on that catwalk. Like, I feel like Gigi's moved in a different modelling direction. I think Kendall probably has and doesn't want to be seen that way. I know Carly Kloss moved away from it because she didn't identify with it. It's like, I, like we talked about, I don't know many people on the modeling scene now anyway, but I couldn't name you more than five people who might be in the show. Whereas at one point, like girls knew the lineup and they were like, oh my God, it's her. And you recognize these models year in, year out. Are they going to make the cut? And they were famous for that job. Yeah. and three years is actually a really long time to not do that and like you know those people have got older or their careers had to move on and so forth so I wonder what they might do is it going to be some like photo shoot and I think I also read a big factor was that around that time of 2019 Savage Fenty by um Rihanna was coming and just showing real women in real underwear. I think she without re- wings and shit. Like, <sighs> I'm sorry. Even if I'm trying to look the best that I've looked, even if I'm wearing like some sexy underwear set, like I don't
0: feel like I'm sprouting wings. You know. Mm. I think that Savage Fenty really benefited from the demise of yeah. uh, Victoria's Secret. Um because it they- came up around the
1: right time of Instagram, using yeah. then real women to publicize it. We never saw people really advertising Victoria's Secret on social.
0: Yeah. They yeah. were the emphasis of um Victoria's Secret in that they had a lot of influencers pushing the product. Mm. Uh, a lot of influences they had men in their show plus size men plus size women non-binary a pregnant woman yeah um and they yeah so they really benefited from vs like going downhill um but yeah victoria's secret they have a store near me and their branding now is completely different but you can i don't know if people are that fussed in giving their money to victoria I was just about to say Victoria. Beckham. Beckham.
1: I saw it. I saw it in your face.
0: <laughs> the patron state of our podcast. <laughs> but yeah, Victoria's Secret. I don't think, I think, I really feel like a lot of the scandals that happened over the past few years has really tarnished it. I don't care mm. if the new management, new executives, new ownership, people don't really want to feel like they're giving their money to the wrong sort of business. And I think it's a little bit, we can be really cynical and say, well, oh, they're coming out with, um, you know, they're using a lot of, if you go on like the Instagram and stuff, they're using a lot more inspirational female um, personalities. I think they've got, um, you know, the American, the women's American football team Mm. one like, they won something. Uh, and the captain, she had her moment in the sun a couple of years ago. I think she's part of the campaign they did once. They have like, you know, lots of women in different industries who have careers outside of modelling, basically. Yeah. to kind of feature and be their brand ambassadors. And I think people just see through it. You know, I don't really know if they could ever be as successful as they were. So I have a question for you.
1: Mm. Do you think it's harder to come back from a tarnished name when you're an underwear company?
0: Yeah. Because I do, yeah. I think the type of scandal as well that they were involved in, sexual assault and crippling and things like that. Underwear is such an exposing Yeah part of our lives physically
1: and it's you know what there is still something that could feel and I wouldn't mind betting that so many men still feel a bit seedy buying underwear there is still this like there is still something around it like granted it is something that isn't always seen on the outside whatever but the reality is how many pictures on Instagram do you see of girls in bikinis? But if you saw a picture of them in their underwear, you'd be like, what? Like, there is a different mindset with lingerie, all of that stuff that I still think has like this seedy underbelly that 100% I think that is also like an unfortunate thing for them because of their scandals and then being an underwear company. It's just going to be harder to spend, to just to just to part with that. I think
0: they probably need to pivot into like a skims thing.
1: Yeah, they need to go loungewear or they need to just focus on their body mist. Yeah,
0: you know, um, there's nothing wrong with selling a bit of body mist and making millions from it. They clearly
1: have already, you know. Um but yeah, maybe their, the their push-up bra days are long gone.
0: Yeah, is this the part where you um give them business advice and you say? I heard it
1: here first I actually don't know if I've got like I just don't know i I've, I've never really found a place for them in my life, so it's a difficult one.
0: um I think they should do pajamas and robes
1: you know what they look like they've got
0: or yeah
1: yeah, pajamas and robes or just like stick to the uk the u s you know I don't think they've probably got nearly as many issues there,
0: really. Well, I think there's so many people over there that even if you have 1% of the market it's still a lot of money, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I just still I just think it's a bigger they've got a bigger market out there. I think it that is their M&S. So where we all can go to M&S for our underwear and for our first bra, I know in the US that's where you go for your first bra is Victoria's Secret. Really? I think I that, that is their equivalent. Cuz they don't have the M&S
0: equivalent. Lenamus is a lot better than Victoria's Secret. It's
1: way better. And you know what? Not that this is important, but I would way rather a lady who is in her 40s plus or even 30s plus but probably seems like 40s when you're like 14 15 um, measuring my boobs than like some 20-old who doesn't know what they're doing. And it's their first job. I would rather, like, a, a lady who's like, you know what, I don't even care what I'm looking at, like, this is how you measure for your bra size, than some 20-year-old. That's just me.
0: Yeah. But then you also, I think you have a different viewpoint because you had added complexity of finding the right size. Yeah. yeah. For a lot of teenage girls, probably don't have much, yeah, and so they're just looking for like I need something that's going to be sexy. Mm. I said that before I make my point. I think that the time, <laughs> <laughs> the trends that we have now for Gen Z, is completely different to the trends that we were living in back in the 2000s. So whereas now it's about crop tops probably don't even need to wear a bra. You can literally wear a bikini top. Like a and, that, and actually,
1: that's a really good point that there's probably never been a m- more popular time that women don't wear bras.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And just like baggy trousers. That's what the kids are wearing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> kids having cleavage yeah. is not as important as it was to us Yeah. when we were 14. Like, yeah. Cleavage is dead. Yeah, we were still, BBLs wasn't yeah. a thing. We were still living Push up bra in world. the wake of a Pam Anderson era. Like, yeah. in the wake of that, where it was all about the Boob tits. jobs, all about the tits, yeah. Um, our patrons say she had a very poorly bad breast <laughs> <laughs> in the heart. <laughs> <sighs> Um, what a time that's so
1: true though that is so true that they were probably like one of the first or the huge thing of the push-up bra they had their thing of like look two sizes bigger and like the plunge of like push and gel that would be in there was mental and yeah it would create something out of nothing and boobs used to be way more of a thing than they are now I think actually like Well, I think anything goes now anyway, but Mm. I just, I mean, I've never been one to want to show off cleavage, but I just don't actually think you see many people thinking that that's an alluring thing. Whereas at one point it was like, all we wanted was to like try and find some way for our boobs to touch in the middle.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they had to touch.
1: (laughs) Do you remember? This is like a weird segue, but sort of relevant. So when we were younger... It was probably like one of our sort of like sex education, like female sort of like chat classes. And they were talking about bras. And one of our teachers goes like, oh, you only really need to wear a bra if you can hold a pencil up. Was that from our
0: teacher?
1: Yeah, that was from Hustlebury. Oh, my God. And she was like, you only really need to wear a bra if you can hold a pencil under your boob and wow. you know and then there's because there's also like a really funny internet trend where then women like who've got really big boobs can like hold up brooms or whatever under <laughs> their boobs That's so funny. Um, um but yeah
0: times are I changing that was, I mean that was definitely an old wives tale yeah
1: well also but, wear a bra if you want to wear a bra yeah exactly it's like it's like the old wives tale as well of like who knows what is more supportive for you? There's like a language of if you don't wear a bra, your boobs keep their elasticity and they'll stay perkier for longer. But then there's also a thing of no, if you don't support them, gravity will take them. So, yes,
0: yes, that, that is we will hear that. That is <laughs> next to the, um, the theory of nature versus nurture. Yeah. It is, do you wear a bra or do you not wear a bra? Yeah what's 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 kept them perkier <laughs> exactly. um yeah so victoria's secret anyway got anything mm. else you want to add i'll be really interested to see what they do show wise
1: i mean if they're doing a show it will literally be like you were talking about with their campaign it will be all shapes and sizes it will be like the most inclusive thing tick box exercise you've ever seen um and I just think unfortunately they're just a little bit behind like you said that it doesn't seem genuine it doesn't seem authentic it just seems a bit like we've got to do this now um whereas actually if straight away in 2019 they'd noticed that and gone we need to shift and this is our new marketing strategy I think it would have probably taken them a bit further um but yeah. yeah they won't be getting my um hard-earned cash anytime soon or will they let's see what they come out with (laughs) what do you reckon our poll should be
0: um are you convinced by their new branding Mm. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Style Over Substance, guys.
1: Don't forget to check out our Instagram or Spotify to respond to this week's poll. Bye.